0: join today by money. I'm a bit nervous with this one because uh, I'm scared he's going to batter me. Um, but it's it's one that people are excited about. So Will
1: Hughes, how are you mate? Oh, Blake. you right. I'll I'll take it steady, don't worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> so uh ours, ours lockdown slot been for you.
1: Very strange getting getting used to it. Um especially it went from one extreme to the other. We were, we were training, and then two days later, the whole country's on lockdown. So, it's been a strange one. But getting back to it is it's been good.
0: We normally go right back because it's taught Derby to me. We've had different guests on talking about different things or Derby related. But you grew up in Derby. Would you would you describe yourself as a Derby lad,
1: Chris? I know you moved here later on. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, you know, when I moved down here, people keep saying, "Oh, your yeah, accent, where's that from?" I don't think it's really a Derby accent, but. If anyone asks me where I'm from, i say I'm I'm a Derby lad (laughs) and that's it.
0: Derby or Liverpool then? Because obviously Liverpool fan as a youngster, but then growing up a little bit more, did you start to follow Derby a little bit?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I think when I was a lot younger, you know, seven, eight years old, um, that's when I became a Liverpool fan. I was following Michael Owen and then Steven Gerrard was was my idol growing up. But having grown up in Derby and watching games when I was younger, um, it's it's only natural that you, you follow your your local team, and that was, that was Derby. Growing
0: up and and playing in Derby, who was your first team that you played for, locally? Uh,
1: locally, oh, I was over Jubilee. Really? Yeah, I, I think I was seven. I think I was. Yeah, I played that. I played there for a couple of years, um, and then I'm sure a lot of people know. I was at Nottingham Forest for three years before. I joined Derby. Um, that might be a surprise to some people. That, that's how the route went. Yeah, there's no need to swear.
0: Yes, um, <laughs> only joking. Um, <laughs> so, from like obviously three years at Forest, starting at seven, was it from being seven years old? You knew, well, you probably didn't know being seven, but was you always like a natural footballer?
1: Yeah, I always wanted to be a footballer. There was a there was a time um when I got into tennis about eleven or twelve, and I was I was really into that. And it was kind of a choice of what to focus on at that age. And when I, went, I, when I was at my end of the time at Forest, when I was 12, I just wasn't enjoying football at all um, for many reasons. Not, not just because it was Forest, I'm not just saying that, but in, in general, I wasn't enjoying it. I think there was too much pressure um, at that age to to you know be successful. At that age, it should be about enjoying it with your mates. So I did kind of want to quit at that age. Um, so I left Forest and then there was a, a few-week period where I I just trained with some mates and I saw the other side and I didn't want to do that. So luckily, um, a couple of coaches at Derby knew where I was and went on a little trial there and the rest was history.
0: Was that through just playing locally again and you, and you got spotted then that you completely left Forest and Derby came in at a later date?
1: Yeah, pretty much. They, they didn't scout me from Forest as such. Um, as I said, I can't remember exactly how it went, but there was a good... At least a month where I was just playing locally, and that's what I thought I wanted to do. I just wanted to play with my mates and enjoy it. But um, I can't remember which coach it was at Derby that, that approached me. Um, but yeah, I went down a trial and, and they snapped me up quickly.
0: Did you have to have a real think about what you wanted to do? Because obviously, there's an age we've had. Um, we've had so like footballers on that attitude between like football and cricket. They were talented at both. And was there an age where you had to actually have a think of like which one you wanted to pursue?
1: Uh, it was only 11 or 12, so I couldn't really have said back then if I was good enough to be a tennis player, but I think I enjoyed it as much as I did playing football. Um, so it did get to a stage where I couldn't really focus on both at the same time if I wanted to take one seriously. And uh, I'm not sure. I think my gut just told me football was the, was the right option, so that's what happened.
0: So it would have been like 13 or something like that when you're 12, 13 joining Derby, and within three years you're in the first team. Like... <laughs>
1: That nice. yeah, was scary. I couldn't have seen it. It was just a complete crash start when I went to Derby. Um, just really enjoyed it. Clicked with all my teammates. The whole settle was friendly. Um, coach was brilliant, and then just cracked on from there.
0: Looking back now, like being a bit older and obviously a lot more experienced in football, did you realise at the time what was what was happening? Obviously, like getting into the reserves and then getting into the first team. Did you realise, guy, at the time was it just like just taking it all in your stride?
1: It's difficult to remember exactly how I felt, but it, it, I think it would have been a bit surreal back then. Um, I knew I was lucky enough. I knew I was quite young to be playing in reserves and then to get the step up to, to first team so quickly. Um, it was strange at the time, but looking back on it, it was it was crazy how quickly it all happened, you know, from playing as a scholar. And then I only think I played a handful of reserve games before I was in the first team, so that that bridge was, was gone over very quickly. So your debut, I was at that game.
0: I think it was, it was Peterborough, wasn't it? And you came on quite late. Um, yeah, away. Was a... Yeah. Was it, was it 2 or when you came on and we ended up, I think a couple of minutes after we, you came on, not blaming you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we ended up losing <laughs> 3 I think we, it might have been the game that we were tuning up.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Remember scoring. Scoring. yeah. What, are you memories of that day? That was an eye-opener. Obviously, being travelling with the squad was unbelievable. And then how it all unfolded wasn't exactly how I planned. But I remember being absolutely delighted that I'd come on. But then the reality of men's football in the changing room after fucking hell, it all hell broke loose. And it made you realise, like, this, is, this isn't boys' football anymore. This is, this is men's. So it was good to experience that so early on, I think.
0: Did you feel ready? Or, or it's because it was so soon. Is that not something that crosses your mind, like you're, whether you're ready or not? It, was it just also you just have to
1: just get on with it? Ability-wise, I I knew I was ready, but you don't. You're not prepared for the other side of it. You're not prepared for the mental side of it, and that's something that you can't learn under 18s. And I think it's 23s football now. You can't really experience that. You know, so many players nowadays are happy to play 23s football and. I think going out on loan to League One, League Two is, isn't good enough for them. But there's no, you can't replicate that men's football and that mental side of it. And I think I wasn't really prepared for that at that age. But luckily, with the squad we had in the and the manager I had, I quickly learned about that side of it.
0: Do you credit Nigel Clough then uh, for obviously one trusting you? Obviously, you had the ability, but to still put you in at 16 in a in a Championship side, and then like to to. Uh, Flourish like you did from that is do you credit Clough as a big part of, of your career?
1: Yeah he's been he's been the main person that's got me to where I have now I think looking back on it he gave me that grounding Um not only from giving me the chance obviously that was that was important but the other side of it and how you act and temperament wise and how you get go about things respect all those little things that I'm not sure younger players appreciate and look at nowadays.
0: When you burst on, I can remember you first start again. That was against Peterborough as well, wasn't it? At home was it last game of the season?
1: Um, yeah, it was. Funny enough,
0: yeah, I remember. Um, and I remember that debut, and it was similar. Obviously, you were a lot uh, well, a few years younger, but to what, to what Louis Sibley's been like recently, like you, you stood out. Like you could tell that this lad's a player, and then immediately you were being linked with every top club. I remember it being like <laughs> Liverpool, then Man United, Man City, there's a Barcelona owner has got a dossier on him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I put <laughs> that one in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry mate, yeah, Barcelona <laughs> in for you. Um, does that affect you? Because surely, you're on social media and you're talking to people and obviously being 16, people are saying, oh mate, I've just seen Barca in for you. Does that put pressure on you or are you just like lapping it up?
1: Uh, it did a bit, but not to the extent you'd think, but I think that's Mainly down, as I mentioned before, the lads that I grew up around at Derby when I broke into the first team and the manager, if they, weren't, they wouldn't let me get carried away. Um, you'd always have players there that would bring you, down to, bring you down to earth but in the right way, not in like a, a bullying sense, but they weren't the best for you, so they didn't want you to get ahead of yourself. And I think that, that was a big thing and not uh, believing all the hype and listening to what all the, all the papers say.
0: It could like if from as a fan because I watched pretty much every game that you ever played. I think it kind of helps because you had to have a like you had to have a good game. Does that make sense? Like if you had an average game, then you know what I mean. It's it's rubbish. You know what I mean? Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Um, because there's so much hype about you at that age, people expecting you to to go out every game and produce miracles. And if, like I said, if if I had a Really good game. People would think, oh, it was average. If I had a average game, people was like, oh, it's not that great. So it was, it was one of those things that I've learned as I've got older not to to read much into. You know, you only you know how good you are personally, and you know if you've had a good good game or bad game. And the only person that I'll, I'll speak to about that is my agent, and they'll they'll criticise me all day long. And I'll, I'm my own worst critic, so I know that if I've had a bad game, I've had one. So it's one of them.
0: So you you go into a team at 16 under Nigel Clough um, that's introduced you to men's football and and helped you give you that grounding. And then for Steve McLaren to come in, how did that differ with how he was? Did he alter your game at all?
1: Yeah, I think from a tactical point of view and a footballing point of view, he he improved me. Um, Mm. As a coach, he was was first class. I played at at Derby, especially. I played some of my best football under him. Um, The first time he was there, you know, it just let me loose, and I enjoyed it massively. I think you could tell that that season we, we nearly got promoted.
0: Yeah, it was some of the best football I've ever seen. I mean, I can vaguely, vaguely remember like the likes of Storage One Shot, but that the two, the thirteen, fourteen, and then the the, the following season as well.
1: Some yeah, of it. It was just it was just enjoyable. Um, obviously there was pressure on us when we were, when we were at the top of the league, but I don't think we we felt it that much. We were just enjoying our football and. And we were, we were battering teams on occasions, but I thought she was going to get over the line.
0: Can you put your finger on what it was about that side that clicked? Because it seemed that there was, there was just something about it. That once, because we'd done well under Clough and then Clough left in, in the, uh, October. And then there was just, it just seemed to click.
1: That... Yeah, a lot, a lot of those lads were still about, though, that, that played under McLaren. Um, so we knew there was a good squad from a personality point of view, and I think that was a, a big thing that cuffed introduced. Um I think it was a good balance of young young lads, older, experienced lads, that we just didn't feel the pressure we was going out and enjoying it. And we had players that complimented each other. I mean, me, Jeff and Bryce, Eustie, um, all complicated, complimented each other in different ways.
0: We had Bryce on a few weeks back and he was very, very complimentary about you. I know you had a good relationship with him. How much did to uh... Like him and Jeff playing alongside them did they did they help you and, and bring you on it when you were still fairly young in comparison to them?
1: yeah, hundred percent um off the field i can. when I broke through i couldn 't think of a player that i didn't like or thought was arrogant, or every single one of them were were top drawing on the pitch, like I said, you know playing with Bryce. In the three, it was it worked perfectly because I knew he had that knack of getting in the things and scoring and assisting, and I was the one that was, was linking play from from back to front, not necessarily scoring, but I knew that playing with Bryce, he'd do that side of it, so it, it worked well, and Jeff likewise. Jeff could do a bit of both.
0: It was a season that ended at, at Wembley, and I'm, I'm over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I cried uh, six years ago now. I'm still not over it because he was absolutely robbed, but... To get there at a young age, obviously. A disappointing result. Was it mixed emotions, like, or do you just do you feel like I do? Were we'll we robbed?
1: Yeah, it is what it is. Looking back on it, um, I was gutted. I think everyone knew that we should have won, but that's not how football goes. If it was that easy, then things would be a lot different.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very. It's very true. And the, the McLaren sides at that time were obviously brilliant, brilliant footballing sides. How do you think those sides would have fared going up? Obviously, you've you've made the step up now and you've played Premier League football. How do you think the step up would have been for for those two sides? Oh,
1: it would have been interesting, really interesting. It's it's impossible to say one way or another. Um, I mean, you look at Norwich last season when when they come up, everyone thought they were gonna they were gonna be comfortable mid table, and everyone thought Sheffield United would be with bankers to go down. So it's not a case of saying that it would have gone one way or another, but I think it would have been interesting. I think we would have I think it would have been good. I think with a few more additions it would have been it would have been a good good season.
0: So over the course, coming towards the end of your Derby career, can you can can you put your finger on like a, a favourite memory that you look back on when you think of your time at Derby? I think I'd have to go Blackburn away, I think it was, when you you cut in from the right and curled one in. That's up there for me. My favourite Woolhues memory. Can you can you pick a,
1: a memory? Uh, the one that stands out is probably Brighton at home in the in the playoff semi-final.
0: Oh, when you when you missed your kicking, it went off your heel. <laughs>
1: that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I wasn't sure I was going to be playing because I think I remember right, Bryce was on absolute fire, um, and I don't know if he got suspended or injured. Um, might have got in the first leg. I can't exactly remember, but I didn't I think, think, think I was injured, going to be playing. You
0: in the first leg because he got dropped for Wembley still, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and I think it was, I wasn't really expecting to be playing, obviously. So um, there was a lot of pressure on and then how it went, it just couldn't have, it couldn't have gone any better that day. Um, one of my most enjoyable, enjoyable days in football to date. Did you miss Derby? Uh, what, the City or <laughs> playing? Both. Uh, yeah, I do. Of course, you do. Um, you, I grew up there. I've had good memories there, um, but time moves on, and I'm enjoying it where I am now. And I look back at Derby with fond memories.
0: So leaving Derby, um, it still seems a little bit unbelievable. Some of the, the things that have been said, um, because I've, like I said, I've put this out on social media and had a brilliant response. And you, yeah, it's it, when you left, it was it was touted that. The manager at the time, Gary Rowett, said you weren't his kind of player or something along those lines. Uh, how does it come about you leaving Derby? Was it Did you have any say in it or was it a point of you were just kind of showing the door?
1: No, I, d- I did have a say in it. Um, it Rowett didn't come up to me directly and say you're not my type of player, but when I've played so often during my career, which I was lucky enough from such an early age to then playing less and less under Rao, you kinda of get an understanding that obviously I'm not his type of player and I think that was that was clear to see, um, which which is fair enough. So I think it worked out in the end that it was his best for all parties. I didn't want to didn't want my career to get to stagnate and start not playing and not enjoying football. So luckily what for a dream for me and I think it it worked out the best for all parties at that particular time.
0: Was there any frustration at the time, or did you just accept it as a, a footballing decision?
1: Frustration in terms of not playing. Um, yeah. Because I said I was, I was lucky enough to play so often in my career. Um, I very rarely miss games through being on a bench. Um, so I wasn't used to it that much and didn't really know how to take it mentally. Um, so it was frustration on that point of view. So I didn't want to, the following season, to. To just waste the season being on the bench so um Watford seemed like the right fit at the, at the time and it was a good move.
0: So Premier League football, obviously you go there um training with a Premier League side and then eventually you you break your way into the team. What's the step up like? As someone who's who's never played at that level, I imagine it to be like a massive. Did you feel it as like when you train like was it was it a massive
1: step up? Definitely. Um because there was talk of me playing at a high level since I was sixteen seventeen as every year went by, I was thinking, well, am I good enough to make the step up and then once it did come, I thought jesus, here we go i've got I've got to prove it now um so i I did put a lot of pressure on myself to to perform and the first handful of games in in the prem, I wasn't in the squad, and I was thinking, well, have I made the right choice here you know I, all sorts of things go through your head. Um, but I think that was because I'd not been in a position where, as I said before, I'd not been playing regularly. So it was a bit of a shock. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be first time on the team sheet, but I thought I was going to be involved a bit more. So it was it was hard to take. But the more I trained, the more I played, um, the step up was was obviously, as you can imagine, it was a big step up in terms of quality, um, but as soon as you play a few games, it, I really enjoyed it and I felt like I was comfortable playing in this league.
0: Did you did you have to change how you played, your style of play? Because you've you come from quite a free flowing football inside at the top of the Championship that maybe had a little bit more time on the board. Did you have to go to the Prem and maybe change it a little bit? And, uh, I don't yeah, know.
1: I, yeah, definitely. But I don't think that was because of the team style of play. I think that was because how do I put it um, at Derby I was one of the more creative technical players so I felt I had to do that side of it whereas when you come to yeah. a Premier League team and you know the team, the players that we have in our team Delafayou, Pereira you know Sarr we've got unbel- unbelievable players that can create and unbelievable technicians so I had to adapt my game to get into the team because if I'd was stubborn and played to know how, how I knew I'd normally play for the last few years. I was not going to get a sniff, so I had to adapt and, and look at other areas of how I'm going to get in the team. Otherwise, I would have been on the bench every week.
0: Yeah, and at Watford, an FA Cup final. I mean, like the that's like the stereotypical boyhood dream of of the footballer. Um, but I mean, result aside, what's what's it like playing an FA Cup final?
1: Yeah, resort aside, <laughs> well, I didn't want it, to. Bring, like, I didn't
0: want to say what start playing an FA Cup final and it's like the joint record. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, when,
1: when it's against Man City, you can't really, really say much. No, exactly, um, exactly. It was unbelievable. It's just not necessarily the game, but the whole occasion, the build-up, um, the media—it's like an absolute frenzy. Um, we nearly went one and up in that game as well. I think it could have been different, <laughs> but it, it was an unbelievable day. The experience. Can't beat it.
0: Is as someone from the outside looking in, what is it like? Is it just a case of trying to enjoy it if you like play Man City? Because people appreciate it's Man City.
1: It was obviously disappointing the way it ended when you look at result. Um, But we weren't expected to get that far in the competition, so you have to look back at it with good memories. Um, We had such a good season, finished mid table. and to get to the final, I think it was a great accomplishment. We could have obviously done better in the final, but you have to look at the good, the good sides of it as well.
0: Uh, a disappointing season last year. Um, we won't dwell on it, but do you, do you have goals in mind kind of going forward? Like you've captained England on the 21s, which is incredible. So it's a case of like you, you have the ultimate goals of like maybe get Watford back in the Prem. Uh, go and play, uh, get a full England cap. Um, is uh, Do you have? Do you set yourself goals like that?
1: Not particularly. I mean, I, I was gutted about how this season finished. Um, it's been a, a strange, long season for everyone—nearly a year from the start of the the season. So it was—it was very strange. But the table doesn't lie. We weren't—we weren't good enough. And you know, look at the first half of our season. We—I think we'd won one in seventeen. So. To get to where we had got to in the end was a good achievement and gave us a fighting chance, but unfortunately, we just didn't get over the line. Um, in terms of goals, I don't. People ask me that before. I'm not one to say, at this age, I want to be doing this or I want to score this amount of goals or do this or that because I think it just puts pressure on yourself, and if you don't get to that that stage, then you feel like you're disappointed. So I just take things as it comes. I think that's the best way.
0: Can you maybe put your finger on? Why you just fell short this season, or is it just a case of over the course of the season you just weren't quite good enough uh
1: yeah, I think that's it we weren't we weren't good enough um I look at the quality we've got in the team we shouldn't be going down, but um like I said, if football is that that easy, then we'd all know what was happening so we you can't start like that and expect to to stay up so it's it's been frustrating but we'll we'll kick on and and try and get back up there next year.
0: And when I asked on, on social media about questions for you when you're coming on, uh, I think about 75% of them were what, either, when's he coming back or will you ever come back? <laughs> can, you, can you imagine seeing it? thing at some point of, in any capacity, coming back and, and being back at Derby County?
1: Yeah, you never know in football. Um, Crazier things have happened, but it has, to be, it has to be right for everyone. I'm not just going to go there for the sake of it. Um, If it does happen, it'll be because everyone involved, it was the right decision. So, um, but you never know. You never know.
0: And finally, the most important question, um, has your pool improved?
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, we we do play a lot of pool at Watford um, in in the canteen. So I've got to say I'm, I'm a lot better than I was a few years back. Well, oh, the first one I
0: got was off Scott Staniland. What's his favourite dessert? Um, Who's that? Scott Staniland. Who?
1: <laughs> 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 That's <was> going in.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, he'll lose a plot. Oh, mate, I can't believe I fell for it. I'm going to Scott Staniland. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be chewing.
0: Derby Hub on Instagram, will you celebrate if you uh, score on your return to Pride Park?
1: Um, I'd have to score first. <laughs> um, I, I doubt it. Um, I'm not one for celebrations anyway, so I, I don't think I would know. Uh,
0: this is Dale Village on Instagram said, can he pick a 5 aside side team from players he's played with, including himself? Oh, five-o.
1: Um, I'll do a couple from Watford and a couple from Derby. Um, defenders. It's a tricky one. That is a good question. Um, good so on the, the legs, aren't you? So I was thinking, not formation. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go, Bryce. Um, De La up top because he's absolutely frightening. He's got everything. Um, at the back, probably Kiko Firminia, a right back. He's he's an absolute joke. And then Defender from Derby I've played with. Probably Bucco. Just to absolutely nail anyone that comes into his way.
0: I like that, yeah. proper. He's a proper JJB player, isn't he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love him at JJB. Got a, bit, got a bit of everything in that team.
0: Uh, 11 points, which is a Derby fan account on Twitter. Who's the, who's the best player you played with when you was at Derby? Oh, best player
1: i played with? Um... Um, it's hard to narrow it down to one. Um, Chrissy Martin was up there. Um, he's a very clever player. Very, very clever player. Um, always knew where you were. Very good at linking link play. So I'd probably go with him.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a bit too soon to talk about it, to be honest, because he's my favourite ever derby player. And obviously, he's just.
1: Yeah, I've heard his, his contracts up. Uh,
0: gutted. Um Cannibal95 on Twitter. This is actually a proper footballing question. Does he think he's too intelligent for his own good? I wasn't expecting that. Was um, <laughs> uh, that a same...
1: question?
0: No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I was just... I was pausing for the laughter and I was going to continue it. Um, <laughs> played in so many different roles. Defensive midfield, inside right, centre midfield, uh, free under wassell uh, wide right at Watford, uh, a tackler under Pearson.
1: Would he be at be his best if somebody said, just go and play? That's an interesting question. I think... I touched on that in one of the, when I said that I had to adapt my game when I came to Watford, because if I'd came to Watford and played how I had been for the last few years and try and be a creative, creative player, I wouldn't have got a sniff because we've got players like, you know, Pereira and De that can do that 10 times better than me. So I had to, I had to adapt my game. And I think that that's the case under every manager. Um, you know, some players are set in their ways and they're good enough to do that, but I feel I've, I've got to be adaptable to to get in the team because at the end of the day, you want to play football. So, if a manager wants a certain thing from you, I think you've got to you've got to change your ways in some aspects.
0: Sprozo on on Twitter. Who was your footballing idol growing up?
1: Uh, Steven Gerrard. Yeah, he was the one. Not just on the pitch, but his demeanor off it and how he carried himself. And I think what he did on the pitch speaks for itself.
0: I think we touched on this briefly, but could you pick a favourite moment in a Derbyshire from your whole time there? Could you just pick a a moment that, if you had to get one on video, uh, what would your Um, moment be?
1: Video. I think the obvious one's the Brighton at home. Um, Semi-final playoff. Uh, But Forrest away was close when we beat them 1-0. I think, I can't remember who scored. I think it was Bryce. Um, yeah, that that would be up there as well. Being so young playing at the city ground to get to beat beat them there, that was that was nice.
0: Uh, Adam Dixer, a.k.a. Kieran Lee. Uh, he's gave you a little bit here. I forgot about this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what- do you want to say this? <laughs> what factor sunscreen does he use when he goes abroad? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't do one higher enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty plus but at the least. That's Always incredible. incredible. I keep myself away from the hot, the hot countries.
0: As soon as I put that up, I knew he'd come and I knew it'd be something like that. Um, <laughs> Don Amor as well, Derby legend. Um, who's the best manager you've played for? Oh,
1: good good question. Um, overall, they've all been so different. Um, best manager. It is a difficult one. I'd probably say Cluffy. that's really? the one that I think I enjoyed the most um, not in terms of you know I wasn't playing my best football etc but I think what he taught me I can't really can't really top that and how he was with me
0: that's incredible because I know he's a divisive character We won't get into it but some people have had online. like uh, I think Dean Leacock was one it, I think he's got I think you've got to be a certain type of player to get him does that, does that make sense yeah
1: yeah I, like he said, he's not everyone's cup of tea, but the way he handled me, you know, he absolutely battered me at times when he needed to, but he put his arm around my shoulder at the same time. So he taught me a lot and taught me like the old school way of football, which I, which I appreciate now.
0: Um, I'm just scrolling through him. This next one's Chris Leverington. It says beef space Raiders or pickled onion space Raiders. Neither. What? Not for me, not for me. Well, not not having either
1: of them at all. No, Space Raiders, not for me. Wow. <laughs> controversial. <laughs> I don't think that was going
0: to be the most controversial thing to come out of this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm just having a look at this anymore. I think they're all quite similar. Um, oh, this one, Harry Banks on Twitter. This will be a quick one. Best goal you've scored?
1: <laughs> Very quick one. <laughs> um, oh, Brighton. Yeah. Is obvious one, um, not many that I can choose from, but that was it.
0: I still like the Brighton one, no, Brighton, Blackburn. Sorry,
1: yeah, I think the the occasion, yeah, um, in the playoff, everything.
0: Mate, hey, that's uh, <laughs> I wish I had more, but I think they're all very similar apart from the ones I've read out. And um, with Mandy, oh, Nile Dawkins uh, commented and didn't put a question, he just put, What a player,
1: No <laughs> Uh we had a we had a good youth team at Derby. I enjoyed those days. Lovely.
0: Nice one. Mate, thank you very much for that and we'll we'll catch up soon and we'll do a part two. Cheers, Blake. Talk, man. Nice one. Cheers, Will.